So let's talk about the difference between a position of privilege and a privileged position. Does that does that even close to entice you to wanting to listen to this? Because I'm really worried that that sounds either really heady or stupid. But actually, I have to tell you, this conversation sort of changed me the other day. Howdy, friends. <laughs> Welcome to the Pre-Accident Podcast. It's Todd. How are you? It's time for another quick podcast. I love the summer, at least the summer in North America. I don't know what the rest of you guys on the other hemisphere are thinking because you're probably thinking, ugh. But for us, I don't know. It's kind of winding down. It's fall-like, which is the best time for us because it smells interesting. New Mexico is a great place. I've said it to you before. You're always invited. Please come. Uh, we'll hook you up with a burrito. We can do that for sure. But uh, I don't know. It just smells good and it's cool. Uh, everything you kind of want it to be happens. And so that's an important part of what's going on. So today's pod's really interesting. I don't think it's going to be a long one, but I was doing a meeting the other day and somebody talked about the fact that, that because of their job, they really had a certain amount of privilege that they could really have access to their workforce in a much better way. And I started thinking about that. And that actually, I think, is a really powerful thing for us to talk about. Because the idea of a position of privilege and a privileged position is very, very different. Be, being, you know, in a, uh, being from a position of privilege is kind of like, I mean, the example that we would use is you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth or nose or wherever. It's the, the, <laughs> I don't really know where the silver is. There's other places I could say, and I'm not saying them, right? And these are people that come in and they believe... In fact, they are therefore better. Um, uh, they're more privileged is the word, although I hate to use the word privilege when I talk about the word privilege. But in some ways, they're better than others. And the challenge we have with that, and it's a really interesting challenge, is that to a great extent, if you look at classic Taylorism, the idea that you separate thinking from doing or planners from workers, there is inherently in that very idea the notion of privilege, that in some ways planners and leaders have more privilege. Rank has its privilege, RIP, you've heard that as well. And that that privilege really gives those people a different understanding. Maybe the concept would be a better understanding. They're smarter than the workforce or quicker than the workforce or more informed than the workforce. All of those things really play in. And what you have is this really interesting division between the thinkers and the doers, which is exactly, to a great extent, what Frederick Taylor talks about in his paper of 1911. He talks about a bunch of other stuff. If you've not read that paper, it's completely worth um, looking into. But this idea that we can separate the thinkers from the doers, in his mind, created an opportunity for the doers to be better at doing and the thinkers to be better at, at thinking. The unintended consequence, or I'll go with the notion of unintended consequence just because I don't know if it's intended or not. My guess is probably not, but um, is that, in fact, what's happened is that we've got these rather privileged positions. And you see it. You definitely see it in what you do. There's no question about that. It's, it's a part of what happens. And to a great extent, that's probably not 
what we should spend our time thinking about. We should recognize that exists. It probably will always exist. Life's not a fair place. It doesn't seem like life has ever been fair. And depending on lots of contextual factors, maybe some people have better breaks than other people. That That's probably completely knowable and doable. But that's actually not what the person said in the meeting. They didn't say they were from a position of privilege. They said they were in a privileged position. And that started me thinking a lot. Because to a great extent, one of the things we have in the work we do with high-risk, highly critical work, no matter what you manage, airplane full of people, an operating room full of patients, a classroom full of students, uh, a, a manufacturing company full of manufacturing people. Ultimately, we have access to the people that is different than probably any other department or division or certain functions within the organization. And you've worked really hard to create that access. It's not like it accidentally appeared or it automatically happens. That's not true. I mean, that's just not the case. This is the kind of thing that we've worked really diligently to actually help create, to to create this access, this trust and confidence and belief. And that actually puts us in a position where we're privileged to have this special access. And if you think about it that way, that's a pretty important part of what we want to talk about. But it means, fundamentally, if you look at kind of the work we do, it means fundamentally that we've got to move away from classic Tayloristic ideas of separation, of positions of privilege, and move closer to a new definition, a definition that is easy to say and many of us truly believe without question, but it's a definition that I think is important to help spread throughout our organizations. And that's the idea that the worker's not the problem to be fixed. And so every program that's out there that's focusing on making workers be better, behave better, act better, make better choices, make better decisions, all of those programs assume, I guess, this idea of privilege that we have as leaders, a position of privilege. But I would suggest that that notion of making workers be better because the worker is the problem, that's actually one of the most important philosophical shifts that's happening in this view that we talk about, this view that Eric Hallnagel talks about or Sidney Decker talks about or Rob Fisher, or anybody talks about that, and lots of people, Shane Bush, these people talk about this all the time. What's changed, really, is the way we see the worker. And really, now that I've thought about it, and I've thought about this a bunch, can you tell? Now that I've thought about it, what's changed is really the notion of privilege. Because if we say the worker's not the problem to be fixed, but in fact the worker is the problem solver, the worker is the resource, the worker is data that helps us understand how work really happens, then what that means is, is that we have to build... Uh, trust and faith and open and honest psychological safety and communication so that those people can tell us what is actually going on in that workforce. What we have is the privilege of being in our position. 
And you can probably see, I mean, I hope I'm not confusing you too much, but you can probably see that is dramatically different from being in a privileged position. And what it means is the walls around the boardroom or the walls around the the senior leadership suite or the walls around plant managers, those walls have to change, but not really. I mean, it, that's a metaphor. I don't know if you necessarily need to redesign uh, your facility. Uh, that might not be that incredibly important and would probably cost a bunch of money. But what it does mean is that the notion of privilege has to change. And this is what's going on in my mind, is that where once I think I looked at the privileged few as people who truly had responsibility and accountability to help make the world a better place, now what I realized is the challenge is, is that it's not about the privileged few. It's about the privileges that we're given by the workforce that we represent. And the position you have is a pretty special position because you have the privilege to actually have that access, to become a part of that discussion. And so when Edgar Schein talks about humble inquiry, right, what he's really talking about is are we, are we humble enough, are we normal enough, are we open enough to communication? Are we willing to listen to the truth? Have we created an environment where a person can talk to us? And then have we gone out and actually asked those people the questions that should be asked? And that humble inquiry idea, which is incredibly powerful, I mean, just incredibly powerful. As a leader, it's probably maybe the biggest delineator between effective and positive leadership and ineffective and non-positive leadership. That notion of, of being quizzical, being curious, being humbly curious, humble inquiry, that notion has lots to do with shifting the idea of privilege. See where this is going? And this is a pretty interesting idea. And it's, it's, it's one that I, I guess I would ask you to think about because uh, I didn't mean to think about this. In fact, I didn't even mean to talk about This wasn't even on the list of stuff to talk about. It wasn't even close to the list of stuff to talk about. And yet that one comment in a meeting just yesterday for me really changed things dramatically and how I perceive the work we do. And what it does is it allows me a new way to talk about access to both the workforce and the people doing the work and access to the leadership and management of our facilities. I think we should think about this more because I think this is a really interesting idea. And yet it's the very same word. It's still a word privilege. That didn't change at all. And I guess in many ways the word privilege carries with it sort of a collective meaning that we all understand. But it's where privilege sits that I think makes the biggest difference. That if I'm in a position of privilege or if I'm in a privileged position, that makes a difference. And that I would suggest one of the things we have to help do is understand that this idea that, that you're in a privileged position is really not terribly helpful. But creating a position of privilege where people actually will talk to you 
and give you access to the world that they represent on a daily basis, the world that actually makes your organization function, because organizations exist to only do one thing, and that's perform a function, that position of privilege that you have, that access, that humble inquiry, that's the big difference. That's what changes everything. That, I think, is a very interesting concept. And maybe you've thought about this a bunch before, because I'm pretty sure you're ahead of me on everything. But if you're not, join me. Because this really helped me think differently about the work I do on a daily basis. And I'm busier than crap. I don't mean to be. I don't even want to be. But I am. And it's really helped me understand, in many ways, the problem that we're trying to solve the philosophical shift that we're trying to make. And what's so interesting, and I'll just say it to you because we can be honest, kind of simple when you say it out loud, is where we hit around that notion of privilege. That, I think, is vital to what we want to talk about. And that's a really important way to think about the world around us. So that's my little pod. I mean, it's not very long today, but it's something that's fresh on my mind. I mean, the ink is still kind of soppy and wet in my brain. So it's running all over my head. If you could see me, you'd know it. You'd think it would be my mascara running, but it's not because I don't really wear that much mascara. So there. But it is really an interesting way to think about the job you have and the access that you've helped create and fostered and been given. And that shifting notion of the word privilege helps me understand to a great extent the difference between the old view and the new view, or the difference between classic Taylorism and the new world in which we live, because the world is filled with changes. And one of those changes is in how workers see work. And all of us are seeing this. It's harder to get people. It's harder to retain people. People are less interested in taking long-term commitment kind of jobs. Things are just different, and we're all seeing it. We're all struggling with how do we keep information alive after workers leave? How do we transfer knowledge so the profound expertise on operations follows not the people who leave but the people who come behind them? That notion, I think, can be at least in beginning phases thought about by thinking about the position you have and the privilege you've been given by the organization, by the organization's leadership, and most importantly, by the organization's people to actually understand and learn and represent and create effectiveness. In many ways, you guys, this is a big part of the fundamental shift. And even though I think we talk about the same stuff all the time, because I kind of feel like we do talk about the same stuff, this one feels, I don't know, a little bit different to me for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, it just does. It feels a little bit different. And I think that's worthwhile. So that's the pod for today. Have an incredible time. Have more fun than you can possibly have. Um, Maybe I'll see you around. I'm out a little bit more than I used to be. I'm definitely going out the next couple weeks, so I'll be out in the world. Look for me at Oakley Corner in O'Hare or or wherever it is we meet up because that's where I'll be. 
But until then, learn something new every single day. And I kind of hope you did today. I certainly did, so that's a big part of it. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. Check in on one another. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. A privileged position versus a position of privilege. Who would have thought this would become this discussion?